helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. In today's show, Michael will be using the biblical story of Eliezer's search for the right bride for Isaac in Genesis 24 to launch the topic, How to Find the Right Spouse. If you are new to this show, we are on the air every Monday at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to Elim Counseling Ministry. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, or by calling 1-877-544-3546. This is a listener-sponsored broadcast. So if you like this show, Consider supporting us by making a donation to elimcounselingministry.com. Let's go right into today's show. In today's show, I will be using the biblical narrative found in Genesis chapter 24 to highlight five important principles for finding the right spouse. As a psychotherapist that counsels many troubled couples, I have come to realize that many of the problems in these relationships could have been predicted at the beginning of the relationship. Many of these couples were not compatible to each other in any way. And sadly enough, a lot of some of these relationships end in divorce despite best efforts to save these relationships. And those that don't end in divorce are sentenced to a lifetime of misery and frustration. However, there are principles that can help you to avoid making that same mistake. In this show today, I'm going to be talking about five important signs that you should pay attention to that can prevent you from making mistakes that a lot of troubled relationships, partners in a lot of troubled relationships make and help you to find Mr. or Mrs. Right. So let's go to the text. But before we read the text, I just want to set a bit of a background. So the background to our text, the portion that we'll be reading in Genesis 24, uh, we see that Abraham is at the closing stages of his life. He's now very old and Isaac is now a man. But there is a problem. There is a problem that the promise that God made to Abraham that from his seed would come a great nation was in jeopardy because the heir through which the future generation would come was single. He did not find his soulmate yet. He didn't find Mrs. Wright as yet. And so Abraham was very concerned. He's about to exit the world and his son has not brought forth any offspring. And so Abraham is now coming up with a way to make sure that this happened. And so what Abraham does is that he calls his he called his trusted advisor, Eliza. And the, in Genesis chapter 24, in the beginning verses, we are told that Eliza was the oldest person in 
in in his household in Abraham's uh, household. So Eliezer is a man of experience. He's a man who is up there in age, and he probably has a lot of wisdom. So. Abraham is entrusting to him this important task of finding the right woman for for his son Isaac. But there is also logistical problems to this because Abraham is living among the Canaanites at this stage of his life and there's a lot of heathen worship and God had called Abraham to to live in a particular way that was different than how the Canaanites lived. Their gods were different. Their lifestyle, the the pagan worship was not what Jehovah God wanted for Abraham or his offspring. So Abraham was concerned about that logistic. So Abraham called Elijah and he said, you need to find a bride for my son. But this bride that I want you to find cannot be from this land. Because if if you find a bride from this land, it's going to result in circumstances that is not what God require of us. They worship heathen gods. Uh, our God Jehovah uh, calls us to worship only Him. So you need to find someone who is compatible. So Abraham sends Eliza back to his people. Uh, to find a bride back to a, a land where is the, the Israelites had settled, where his family, where some of his other family members had settled as a way to, to find a bride from there to take back to the land of, to, to, to the land where the Canaanites live because God had promised Abraham that his inheritance would occupy that land. So God said to it's not God, but Eliza said, Abraham said to Eliza, go and find a bride from among my people and make sure, promise me that if, when I die or if I die before this happened, make sure that the bride comes to this land. So Abraham is making these specific plans and Eliza is now given this very important task of finding not just the right woman, but the right woman who would be willing to migrate from the land where she is and come to live at this place where Abraham has settled. So we'll read from verse 12 of chapter 24, and it reads as follows. Then he, Eliza, prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring and the daughters of the town people are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll also water your camels too. Let her be the one who have chosen, the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with a jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother near her. The woman was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up 
again. Then the servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hand and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have had enough water. So she quickly emptied her jar into the throat, uh, ran back to the well to draw more water and draw enough for all his camels. So here we see uh, the 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 prayer of Eliza being answered by God. His prayer was, God, let this woman that I ask for a drink, give me not just a drink, but also offer to water my camels. And uh, Rebecca came and she did exactly that. So he knew that this was the right person. So what am I going to be talking about today? Some of you might be wondering, Michael, what are are you off, out of your mind today? Do I have to find some camel or go by a well or something to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright? What are you talking about? Okay, so bear with me a little bit as, as I begin to put this together. Okay, so we see from this story some things that are going to be highlighted as we as we go through this these points today, these five points. So and I'm I'm going to be taking them from the story in a way that might not be immediately clear, but these five points are actually in the story that that we read. Some of it I did not read from the entire chapter, but I will point to it nevertheless. So what is interesting is that when we look at our society today and we see broken marriages, what we find is that people are choosing for the wrong reason. They are choosing spouses based on wrong reasons. Most of the most of the divorces in Hollywood, for example, could be predicted and avoided if people did not choose for the wrong reason or or if they stuck to some of these points that I'm going to be talking about here today. So when we hear of divorce rates being high, it has 50%. Some of us, we panic and say, well, what's a ch- what, what chance do I have if I get married? It's going to be a 50% chance that I will get divorced. What I'm going to be showing you here today will take away the percentage will make it like maybe a 10% chance of you divorce if you follow this kind of this kind of advice that I'm giving here today because these points that I'm going to be showing you will take a lot of the risk factor out of the choices that you make so the first thing that we see in the story the first point is that when you're selecting a mate it's uh, a partner looking for a spouse it's important to draw on the wisdom of others many of us feel that we are we know enough about life and we have all the wisdom that we need and we can make the decision for ourselves and we don't need others to tell us what to do. I think that is a mistake. I think that there are others around us that can have wisdom that we can draw on. We see that in the story, Abraham, the father who is trying to orchestrate this, is drawing on the wisdom of the oldest person in his household. He's drawing on the wisdom of Eliza. We see also that Isaac is drawing on, is trusting 
in the wisdom of his father because Isaac and Rebekah eventually got married, but he's, he's not relying just on his, his own wisdom. He's relying on others around him and their opinion and their wisdom. And I think that this is the mistake of a lot of younger people today that they think that the elders in their lives have nothing, especially in North America. The elders in their lives have nothing that they can teach them about marriage. I think that's a mistake. In other cultures, there is an understanding that with age comes wisdom. And, and many older person have learned through the mistakes that they have made that they can help you not to repeat those same mistakes. So the, so drawing on the wisdom of others is important. The wisdom of others can also be in the form of seeking the advice of a professional before you make that commitment to the person that you have found. I have counseled many couples for premarital counseling and some of them when they go through the counseling, end up not getting married because they realize that what the road that they were going to go down was not going to end well. Others do go down the road despite despite things coming up in counseling that clearly points to the fact that it's heading for disaster. And so drawing on the wisdom of others is important. And many people, sometimes they shun wisdom. I have had people that have come in that said, you know, my pastor told me that this wasn't a good decision, but I went ahead with it anyway, and now I am regretting it. People around me told me, so draw on the wisdom of others. Don't make the discussion, the, the decision all by yourself. And as another way of drawing on the wisdom of others is don't marry a total stranger that you have just met for a few months and you know nothing about the people is friends, is family or her family and friends and how she conduct herself around others. Find out about her, about her friends and her circles and how she interacts with family members because that's that's drawing on the wisdom of others. People that know her might have wisdom that, that they can share with you about the decision, this big decision that you're about to make. The second point that I would like to point out here is that do not judge things on the surface. Do not judge things on the surface. This is a fascinating story. And this is why I like to use these Bible stories because can you think of Rebecca going to the well that day? She's going to the well. This is a place where young women go uh, to fetch water. No doubt she's of age that of age where she could get married. She has no husband and she's doing this menial task. And she might have prayed to God, to Jehovah God, God, please send a husband my way. And she's going her her way. And this old man that is wrinkled and, you know, may, may look very unattractive shows up. But She's not judging things by the surface, right? God is sending Isaac to her through Eliza. 
and Eliza looks old and wrinkled. But Rebecca probably has enough wisdom to know that God can bless her in unexpected way. So we have this scenario playing out where Eliza is talking to her, this old wrinkled man, and she's going above and beyond to serve him because she's not judging just by the surface. She could have easily said, who is this old man that is asking me for water? I wish that there was a younger, attractive guy here. I would give him water. I would feed his, I would water his camels. But Eliza, this old man, and so sometimes God sends things your way in different forms, different packages, and you have to be able to look beyond the surface and don't act according to your own understanding. Rebecca could have been frustrated. I pray to God today for a husband and I come here and I meet this old man. But Eliza was the means through which she would get her husband. I, I She could also be frustrated. I'm doing this menial task. The sun is hot and I have to be carrying these buckets of water and now you're asking me for water. Go fetch your own water. But we see that Rebecca didn't do that. Rebecca was so polite and she was so nice and I I think she set up herself where God could bless her because she was not going about her life just looking at things at this on the surface. She was being being the best that she could be for Eliza, even though she he wasn't the description of the man. I think in our society today many marriages fall apart because we focus on things like beauty, how beautiful the does that person look? What's the color of their eyes? How? What kind of skin tone do they have? And you know how white are their teeth? And those are the kind of things that we focus on. So it's not surpri- surprising that many marriages that are built on those shallow grounds end up in divorce. It's very important that we be like. We be like Rebecca, and we don't focus on the 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 surface of things because if we do, we are going to miss out on the person that God might be sending our ways, our way as a way of blessing us. We see that Rebecca was able to look beyond that. You know, there was a, there are studies that was done by American researchers, Todd Shackleford and David Schmitz. And they looked at, they interviewed more than 9,000 women and men from 37 different countries in this worldwide report that they did. And one of the things that they came up with that, you know, I, I find very interesting is that they said that, uh, people will tend to compromise regarding emotional stability if the potential partner is very attractive physically. So that's interesting to me. So you're going to, someone is going to choose someone who is emotionally unstable just because they look pretty, they look they look cute, they have a nice smile, but they're emotionally unstable and they might be a psychopath and they might kill you, but you're willing to sacrifice that just because the person is cute. And this is what I'm saying, you know, these things can be avoided, but we need to look beyond the surface of things. Michael will be right back. 
You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, How to Find the Right Spouse. Elim is a Christian counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Donations help us provide counseling services to the less fortunate of our society and help us to keep this program on the air. Back to Michael. The third point is to avoid short-sightedness. If you are going to if you're going to uh, find Mr. Right and you're going to find the, the, the person that you're going to have a good life with uh, and, and have a happy marriage, it's important for you not to be short-sighted. Some people cannot see further than the fact that they're in love. They have these feelings of butterfly in their stomach. And this is all I feel. I'm so much in love with you. And that's as far as it goes. If we look at this story, we, we can see that Abraham is not being short-sighted. Abraham is looking way into the future and thinking about future generations, thinking about the pagan worship around him and what happened if his son marry a pagan woman, what will happen to his religious belief. I see a frightening lack of of vision in people who get married where they think no further than their feelings and this results in a lot of heartache and frustration and i've seen examples for for i've seen for example where someone who is a christian and has strongly held christian value will get married to someone who is a muslim with strong muslim values and then they are shocked when they start having problems when they have children and can't decide which religion are these children going to belong to and one person is adamant that no these children should be christian and the other person is adamant that they should muslim that to me is a form of short-sightedness i'm not saying that a marriage between a christian and a muslim can't work Indeed it can, but if you don't think ahead to the potential problems that could arise from such a union and just go blindly on the fact that you're in love with the person or the person has nice teeth or beautiful eyes, then you're going to find out that somewhere down the road in the future you're going to have a lot of problems and heartache in your life. And and that kind of leads me into the fourth point, which is look for compatibility. Look for compatibility. And by compatible, I'm not saying that every marriage has to, you have to be the same as your partner in every way. But you can be very different in terms of how you look. You can be very, very different even in terms of religion. But you can have very similar values that you, you hold to. So look for compatibility. And I see people who who run into problems later on in life because they're just not compatible at all. An example of this is someone who is very risk adverse and they think that everything in life should be done in a safe way 
controlled and planned manner, but they're married to the most, they, they fall in love with the most reckless person who believes in taking risk and doesn't believe in planning. And then they're surprised that down the road they're having problems because they just can't agree on how anything, anything, uh, Anything should be done. So it is true that opposites attract, and there is something healthy to it in, in, in opposites. But I think opposites to the extreme where you're just not compatible at all is a mistake. So you should look for compatibility. And Abraham in making, in trying to find the right spouse for Isaac was very specific that Eliza had to, had to avoid a woman from among the Canaanites. And this is not bigotry. This is just common sense because what Abraham is saying is that there is no compatibility between these these two nations. There's going to be so much difference that there's going to be a gulf that is very hard to hard to bridge. Now in 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 today's society there are gulfs in many relationships but but if there are gulfs you cannot be short-sighted you have to go back to my third point some it can work you can be culturally different from someone and still have a wonderful relationship but the secret is that you have to have other things that you're compatible with and if there are differences my third point is that you have to avoid short-sightedness by discussing those differences and plan ahead as to how you're going to deal with them don't let them spring up on you like a surprise out of nowhere and my final point my fifth and final point is to listen to the voice of wisdom and this is different than the first point which is to listen to the wisdom of others listening to the voice of wisdom is to pay attention to the things that you are noticing about the person because this is wisdom speaking to you or to put it another way this is God speaking to you about things that you should avoid and things that you should take note of. In the book of Proverbs chapter 1, we are told that wisdom cries out in the marketplace, that in the city square, she lifts up her voice. So one woman came to me and she said, Michael, I want you to know, want to know if this is God's will for me. She's a devoted Christian woman. She said, I met this guy, you know, and I started to tell me about him. Well, you know, he's a drug addict. He doesn't believe in God. He's an atheist and he doesn't believe that we should waste time going to church on Sunday. And he's a little bit violent. But Michael, do you think he's the, you know, God wants me to marry him? Now, there are some things that I think God doesn't need to tell us because wisdom is screaming out to us and we should pay attention to what wisdom is telling us. So in this story, uh, we see wisdom in Eliza uh, setting up this this uh, plan with God that the woman that would feed, that would wat- give him water and water his camel will be the right woman for Isaac. Now that's wisdom because what does that tell us about Rebecca's character? It tells us that she's caring. It tells us that she's self-sacrificing. She's polite. She's kind. She is hardworking. She is nurturing. And who wouldn't want a woman like that for their son? So this is not anything mysterious where God has to show some big sign. Eliza is using common sense, but many people do not use common sense in making the biggest decision of their lives. So 
if you are to find the right spouse and marry the right person, it's important that you pay attention to these these points that I have mentioned here today. So if you want, if you miss the first part of this podcast, it will be up on our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. You can also call us at 1-877-544-3546. We'd be happy to hear from you. Uh, Elim is a non-profit organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. And we have also over 200 other podcasts on our site. We are not just a radio show, but we do counseling for a wide range of issues. And so if you would like to reach out to us again, give us a call. We'd be happy to hear from you and be happy to help you walk through whatever that you're going through. So we want to thank you for being with us on this show today and remind you that we are on the air next Monday morning at 9.30. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.